Welcome to the Yogi Fuel Podcast, the podcast that's all about up-leveling your health, your practice, and your consciousness. We'll be taking the ancient wisdom of yoga and Ayurveda mixed with modern science, having conscious conversations with spiritual thought leaders and alternative health professionals, and sometimes just me sharing my own experiences and knowledge to support you on your spiritual journey. I'm your host, Melissa Singh, and this is the Yogi Fuel Podcast. Guys, um, welcome back to the podcast. It's been a week, <laughs> um, to put it lightly. I feel like I almost need to just start this podcast episode with like a big sigh. Like, it's been. Um, if you're listening to this at like a later date, at the time of recording, um, we're in the thick of COVID nineteen, like mid quarantine, mid social isolation here in India. We just started like two days ago, um, a three week total lockdown within the country and we were given very little notice. And so not everyone is prepared, including ourselves. Um, I mean, it is what it is, but anyway, so things are really feeling heavy and strange. And I know I've been experiencing like all of the emotions, like happiness, sadness, anger, frustration, guilt, shame, tons of anxiety, like just so all over the place. And what I want to talk about this week is this idea that actually all of this stuff that's going on, all of the emotions, all of, you know, these thoughts, the anxiety, the fear, the sadness, whatever it is that you're going through, and really this time in and of itself, as difficult and uncomfortable as it is, it actually presents a very interesting opportunity for spiritual development and for practice. And one of my core values here at Yogi Fuel, something that I tell everyone, all my clients that I work with, anyone who goes through any of my programs, one of the things I tell them is that everything is an opportunity for practice. Every single thing that you go through in your life, whether it's, you know, a breakup or, you know, your actual sadhana, your practice, anxiety, fear, you know, outside of the situation, they're all opportunities for practice. But now, like right now, we're being given this really massive opportunity for spiritual growth. It's like the bigger the challenge, the bigger the opportunity. And so we're facing this like massive challenge and we can meet it with presence. And we can, if we shift our perspective and meet it as an opportunity for self-observation, to meet it as the witness, to lean into the discomfort, we are going to find ourselves with less anxiety, with more presence with less stress about the situation. So I really want to encourage you right from the get-go, you know, to shift that mindset. Can you look at everything that happens from here on out as an opportunity for deepening your practice off the mat, (laughs) right? Um, We don't just practice yoga or meditation to feel calm in that moment and to feel calm, you know, residually for like one hour afterwards. It's like, this is what we've been practicing for. This is the ultimate opportunity for presence. So I really encourage you to take that on and see if you can make this your off the mat practice, so to speak. So within this episode, I want to sort of like do a combination of sharing with you some of the like spiritual lessons I've learned through this whole ordeal and offer you some like strategies and tips on ways that you can really tune into, you know, what's happening and allow this to be an opportunity for practice rather than this thing that sort of swallows you up and spits you out on the other side. 
Um, and so before I get into everything, the first thing that I want to say is that I think that having a spiritual practice, whether that looks like a daily asana practice, a meditation practice, a pranayama practice, I, I think that there's a huge value and need right now to have a daily practice. Um, and this, this message that I've heard a few times in a few different ways, once from Eckhart Tolle and once, um, in a Vedic meditation book that I've been reading, um, is this idea that the deeper the roots, the stronger the tree. Um, and in the Bible, they talk about, I'm going to butcher this quote. If you're someone who like really knows about the Bible, um, I'm going to butcher this quote, but basically they talk about the, the deeper the roots of a tree or the more, you know, if you build a house on, on rocks, right. And the house is really grounded in the rocks. And then in the case of the tree, the tree is planted, you know, really solid roots, whatever wind or rain or storms come, if the roots are deep enough and strong enough, the house isn't going to, you know, fly away. The, the tree's not going to topple over. And so too is the case for our spiritual practice. If our practices are deep and we've gone deep within our practices and we practice daily, the winds of change, because the winds are always going to be moving, right? We can't control the weather, right? But we can control how deep we plant those roots or, you know, where we build our house, so to speak. Um, if the roots are strong, the tree's not going to move. The tree's not going to get knocked over so easily. It's, it's going to take a lot. Um, and this idea too, I've heard echoed in, in other ways from an Ayurvedic perspective, they talk about, you know, if our life force is strong, right. And deep and well-nourished, then no matter what happens around us, we're going to be resilient. But if our life force is weak, if our roots aren't, you know, grounded deep enough in the ground, if our house is built on sand, when the rains and the winds come, it will be easily knocked over. And the rains have come, my friend, <laughs> Um, they're here. And so if you don't have a daily practice, um, don't worry. It's not like, Oh no, you're being like swept away. Um, there's still time and something Eckhart Tolle, I posted a video maybe like a couple days ago, maybe a week ago or so, um, where he talks about, you know, this being an opportunity to dig deep. Um, I used to be like a rugby player. So I was like an athlete and our coaches would be like, dig deep. And you know, this is an opportunity to, even if you're, if you're behind in the game, metaphor for athletes here. But if you're behind in the metaphorical game of having a practice, now is the time to dig deep and create one to dig those roots, to build that house, you know, move it from the, from the sand into the, into the rocks and to create that solid foundation for yourself. If you feel like you're kind of blowing over. And if you want help with this, if you don't know where to start and you feel lost and you know, you do yoga every now and then, and you practice sometimes, but now all the yoga studios are closed and you don't know what to do and you don't know where to go. And you want to develop a sadhana, a, a spiritual practice, um, shoot me a PM or send me an email to Melissa at yogifuel.com because I've been toying around for a long time with creating, um, a, an online meditation course teaching you how to develop a daily practice of meditation. So if that's something you're interested in, please let me know. And I will get on that ASAP. Um, I was thinking of maybe starting in the next you know, couple of weeks, really just getting people together and helping people through this time, because I know that so many of you have reached out to me and said, you're feeling anxious and you're struggling with anxiety. And I know from personal experience that having a daily practice is so helpful. It grounds you. It's calming. It's nourishing. So anyways, I'm rambling on about this, but if you want help and you want to learn how to establish a daily practice, 
if you want to learn and understand uh, the traditional sort of Vedic way of meditating and the techniques and the way that we can use this practice, not only to calm the mind, but actually to deepen um, our understanding of ourselves, to deepen our presence, to ultimately deepen our spiritual practice, um, then this course would hundred percent be for you. So shoot me an email if you want. Um, I'm also going to link in this episode, a link to uh, a sitting with discomfort meditation that I recorded as well. So no matter where you are in your journey, maybe you're ready for, you know, a course or you're ready for support or not. I want to be able to offer something that's going to be supportive for where you're at. Okay. Ramble done. <laughs> Um, so I want to share just a couple of the, of the lessons I've learned and stuff that, you know, would be maybe helpful for you as you navigate what we're going through and what we're all collectively dealing with. And so I think the first thing that's been so powerful for me is really stepping into the role of the witness because it's so easy to get caught up. Like I know for me, the, my mind is like going and it's so easy for me to get caught up in worrying about the future, the uncertainty of the future, what's going to happen. When am I going to be able to get home? All of these thoughts, you know, are me projecting into the future. And then of course I have these, these thoughts of like the past. Um, and I read this really beautiful thing. A friend of mine sent me, um, a blog post and it was like, the title was that heaviness you're feeling is actually, this wasn't the exact title, but roughly it was, you know, that feeling that you're having that heaviness is you mourning the loss of the past, right? Like we are all collectively experiencing the loss of normalcy and we're stepping into this like weird new normal. And I don't actually even want to use the adjective weird though. I mean, it is kind of weird, (laughs) but we're all, you know, transitioning into this new normal and it's really like scary and uncertain and unknown. And so we probably find ourselves like really projecting into the future, worrying about what is going to happen. And we may also find ourselves, you know, hanging out in the past and feeling sorry for ourselves that things aren't the way that they used to be. And that's totally normal, by the way, if you're doing that, um, it is the fluctuations of the mind, the vrittis, right that are dragging us out and pulling us away from that present moment and bringing us into the future and holding us in the, in the past. And a huge practice for me has been in recognizing that in recognizing when I'm not being the witness and when I'm super in my head and in my thoughts and I'm being pulled into the future or when I'm worrying about the past. So it's not about not having those thoughts, right? because we're good. They're going to happen. There is uncertainty. The mind is fickle and the mind is concerned and the ego wants to keep us safe. So of course, in this, you know, time where we're uncertain and we don't know what's going to happen, the mind is going to conjure up stories and it's, you know, it's trying to protect you really at the end of the day. However, it's not helpful, right? It's probably causing you a lot of anxiety, a lot of fear, right? So a really simple practice is just observing when you're inside your thoughts, when you're caught up in the monkey mind, observe those thoughts. And when you step into the role of the witness, you create a space, you create a space between yourself and those thoughts. And that space kind of like breaks the cycle. And the more you practice doing that, the more breaks that you have, I've probably talked about this before, but the more breaks that you have, um, the less you become consumed in them you know, and then you can go deeper and be like, okay, so if I'm observing those thoughts, I must not be my thoughts. And this is going to get real deep. And this is like the basis for Vedic meditation is like, if I am not my thoughts, right. Then who am I? You are the witness. You are 
the consciousness that is observing those thoughts. And I'm going to go a little bit down the rabbit hole here, but that's cool. Something that's been very grounding for me is in understanding that I am that consciousness. I am the witness of those thoughts. I'm not those thoughts. And yoga, Ayurveda, Vedanta, all of these ancient teachings teach us that that witnessing presence, the consciousness, the Atman, Purusha, whatever you want to call it, right? The self beyond name and form and shape and thought and all of that, it's eternal. You, you, you can't destroy that consciousness. It never, um, in the Upanishads, if y'all have ever read the Upanishads, like now is the time. Okay. There's like a beautiful collection of like Vedic poetry, almost like the way that these, so back in the day, right. Um, knowledge was transmitted parampara from student to teacher through, um, like chants, right? And they were really beautiful. And like, they're almost poetic. Honestly, when I read the Upanishads, I just like get the feels, right? Like all over my body. I'm like, Ooh, um, they're beautiful. So anyways, if you can get your hands on a copy of the Upanishads, do it because the way they describe the self as undying, the self has never born and it's never died. It's always been there and it always will be. And so, um, maybe this is going down the rabbit hole. Maybe you're not there yet. I'm putting it out there though. (laughs) Um, who you are truly, can never die. Who you are truly can never go away because it's eternal and it's everlasting. And it's this like bright, shining, beautiful light within you. It's the light of consciousness within you. Um, so that escalated quickly, but, um, stepping into, and sorry, side note, going back is like the realization of that is a practice. Um, and even for me who has like, you know, had fleeting moments and glimpses of that, I I get, you know, I get stuck back in the, you know, the physical world and in, in the mind world and in my thoughts and in my emotions and all of that stuff, I I get pulled away from there. And that's why practice is so important because when we sit down to meditate, right. And we sit and we dwell in our own consciousness and in our own, just natural blissful beingness, we, we connect back to that. We connect back to who I am is not this body. I'm the witness. I'm the observer. And the more that we observe, the more that we step into that witnessing presence, the more it becomes habitual. And the more we take that into the rest of our lives, right? The more that we take that into this circumstance and really accessing that self, right? The goal of Ayurveda beyond like good digestion and great poops is self-realization. The realization of that blissful, eternal, infinite self beyond name and form and all of that. They say that um, Ayurveda is the medicine and yoga is the practice. So Ayurveda is like the medicine that helps to keep our physical body and our mind strong and pure so that we can do yogic practices like asana, pranayama, dhyana, concentration, um, which lead to meditation and then absorption within that self, right? So for me, this has just been such an incredible opportunity to practice being the witness because so often I'm observing my mind be pulled in all directions, which is an opportunity to observe that my mind has been pulled in all of those directions. And then as a result to access and realize that I'm not those thoughts, right? And then we go back through that, that process. So it's been kind of cool. And I I also want to say that it's been uncomfortable right? It hasn't been comfortable. And that's the other thing is that we can use this as an opportunity to lean into the discomfort, to lean into the fear and the anxiety that's coming up. And we don't want to push it away, right? So observing and being the witness isn't about being the witness so that the anxiety and the fear will go away. 
It's to be the witness as the anxiety and the fear are going on because they're valuable emotions that are happening, you know, in the, pre- like they're existing in the present moment, right? So it's like the presence is the sky and anxiety, fear, sadness, all those emotions are the clouds. We know that the clouds aren't the sky, but they exist in the sky, right? Um, and in observing them, it, it doesn't mean we have to take, make, make them go away. In fact, when they show up, right, leaning into it, when we get curious about anxiety, right? If you're looking up at the clouds in the sky, if you got curious about them, right? And you explored them and you observed them, it would be far more interesting than being like afraid of them. You know, like if we look away from the clouds, oh no, oh no, the clouds, right? We, we don't actually know what's going on in them, but if we turn our awareness toward them, we start to observe them. We can observe where they're coming from. We can observe what they look like, how they feel in our body, how they show up in our mind. And really the only way to like come out on the other side is to go through them is to allow them to be there is to allow them to come up and then observe. Right. So it's like this process of like allowing the emotions, allowing the thoughts, allowing the uncomfortable feelings all to come up and then to observe them, to meet them with this like detached observing presence. And when you feel fear, you know, you feel these emotions come up, you notice physical sensations and you just continue to bring yourself back to being that witness And I think that's so important to sit with that discomfort because spiritual practice and spiritual evolution and self-realization, you know, it's not a comfortable process. It is deeply uncomfortable. And these uncomfortable situations can be like the catalyst for deepening that spiritual practice. So going back to that initial, that initial analogy, right. Of like the trees and the, and the houses, right. And digging those roots deeper. It's like, all right, guys, you don't want to get blown over, dig deep. Now is the time, if you haven't been already, to dig deep into your spiritual practice, into your emotions, to go, you know, to the source and and sort of face these uncomfortable sensations and feelings head on. And um, I wasn't really going to say this, but I'm going to now. (laughs) So um, earlier this week, when we were sort of in the middle of you know, a massive lack of clarity around whether we were going to get home. Like we wanted to go home, but there were no flights. And then India got locked down and now we can't go home for three weeks. And I was having so much anxiety. And if you're someone who struggles with anxiety, I hope this resonates with you. But I was explaining to my husband that it felt like each like anxiety, let's call it episode, maybe lasts like a few minutes and it's really, really intense. You know, like that feeling of like the lump in your chest and like your, your body feels a particular way. And you're like, okay, like your, your breathing feels a little bit more challenging, which honestly guys inside of, inside of COVID-19, the amount of times I've been like, oh my God, breathing is shallow. Do I have COVID-19? Nope. Just anxiety, (laughs) Um, which I've, I've been observing is very funny for myself. But anyways, so it's like, I would feel these, these episodes, let's call them of anxiety lasting like a couple minutes. Um, and then earlier this week, it was like, I was feeling them one after the other, after the other. And I said to my husband, it felt like labor, right? So if you've ever had a baby, um, then, you know, right in the beginning of labor, um, and something my midwife always said is that the contractions themselves don't get more intense. Like they get a little bit more intense, but it's the fact that you don't have a a break to sort of catch yourself. So earlier this week, I felt like they were coming one after the other, after the other, like contraction after contraction. And I didn't have enough time to sort of like get on top of them and breathe and just sort of like come down from the last one before the next one was like coming over. And so I was saying, yeah, like it feels like this sort of like labor. 
And then later on this week, I was reading this post about the idea of sitting with fear and sitting with intense discomfort. Um, when we really lean into those emotions and we allow our fear to come up, when we birth our fear, when we birth our anxiety, rather than repressing it and holding it in, there's this sense of like renewal and ease, right? Where you're actually letting it go and it's not staying inside you because when that energy stays inside you, that's what causes even more anxiety and it builds and it builds and it builds. So we want to lean into the discomfort so that we can let it go. So if you're struggling with a lot of fear, a lot of anxiety, a lot of stress right now, I want to encourage you not to just push it down and keep going. Like, yes, keep going throughout your day, but can you create space for yourself to observe that discomfort, right? This is the importance of a practice. It allows ourselves the opportunity and the space to notice what's coming up and to, and to have the time to let it go. And one last thing that's been super... I actually heard this yesterday and it was really helpful for me because I feel like we're kind of in this space of like, there's so much fear. Like I said earlier, that the heaviness that we're feeling is this, like the conscious collective is in this like fear-based vibration. And I don't really talk about like vibration so much, um, on this podcast or on my platforms, but you know, it's true, right? If you feel that heaviness, you can feel the fear of the world and that's totally fine. However, Like it's important that we, like I said, we feel the fear, we release it. And then we come back to like love. We come back to presence. We come back to that pure sattvic energy that we truly are beyond name and form and, you know, all of that other stuff. And, you know, whether you are someone who is in a huge fear-based state around, you know, coronavirus or maybe you're experiencing the fear of being stuck somewhere or the uncertainty of what the future is going to look like. There's a whole bunch of reasons you might be feeling fear right now. The reason for the fear doesn't matter so much as the fact that you are experiencing it. And no matter what that reason is, it's like, can you allow that fear to be there? Can you observe it? Can you let it go? And then can you bring yourself back into being into presence? Because when we're operating from a place of presence, true presence in this moment, we're connected to that, like, um, Sat Chit Ananda being consciousness bliss that we truly are beyond name and form and all of that. When we come back into that energy, we operate from that place. We actually shift our vibration. We feel lighter and we actually raise the collective vibration. And so if more of us start accessing that presence, and we calm down. And I don't mean that to sound condescending. Cause like, I'm not that calm a lot of the time <laughs> inside of the situation. Like I've got it kind of together, but you know, I got my moments, right? So it's not about that, but it's like, can you continue to be in that practice, observing the fear, observing the anxiety, observing the discomfort, birthing it, letting it come up and out and then returning to presence. The whole key here is just returning back to presence, returning back to presence, who you truly are what is happening in the world right now is really difficult to deal with for a lot of people. And one of my dearest mentors, Lori Kennedy is all about living in the end. This is scary. And it's an opportunity. This is uncomfortable. And it's an opportunity to observe that comfort or sorry, that discomfort as the witnessing presence, the more difficult and uncomfortable a sensation or a situation makes us, the more of an opportunity it is for awakening. We are right now in a space 
where there is a huge global opportunity for awakening, for increasing and elevating our consciousness. And what it really comes down to is, are we going to allow this fear to consume us, chew us up and spit us out? Or are we going to allow this fear, this discomfort to be an opportunity to practice presence, to connect us more deeply with who we truly, truly are. So I hope you found this episode helpful. (laughs) Just sharing my thoughts, just sharing, you know, some of the things that have been really helpful for me over the last you know, week or so, which is crazy. It's crazy that it's only been like a week for us in India where things have been really like locked down. I know for like a lot of the world, it's been a lot longer, but, um, even this week has felt like an eternity. (laughs) It's felt like a really long time. And I feel like I've experienced like every possible emotion, like all of the emotions that are possibly available. I feel like I felt them all. Um, so I just wanted to share with you, um, what I've been learning, what I've been getting out of this whole experience and, and offer that wisdom to you because hopefully it'll be helpful. Hopefully it'll help, you know, give you a little bit of clarity, a little bit of hope, um, and help you practice, help you practice some of these things in your daily life. So circling back to something I chatted about mid episode, I am really considering doing, um, an online program to teach more of this Vedic wisdom, the Ayurvedic wisdom, the yogic wisdom around meditation and how to cultivate a practice and how to, you know, take on traditional meditation techniques and bring them into your life in, in a, you know, a consistent manner so that you can help actually experience you can actually experience some of the stuff that I'm talking about, because as helpful as it is to listen to this podcast or read a meditation book, yoga and meditation are experiential practices. You can't read a book about yoga and become an experienced practitioner. You have to practice. Same with meditation. We can't just read books on meditation. We have to do the practice to experience that. The self, right? The true self, Atman, Purusha, you know, the consciousness that we are beyond name and form it's not something we can know intelligently or read about in a book or even talk about. It's something you can only experience through practice and traditional, you know, Vedic Vedantic meditation techniques. That's the goal. So to speak, right. Is to tap into and experience that consciousness, not to know about it or describe it, to actually experience it. So if that is something you're interested in, um, shoot me an email to melissa at yogifuel.com. I'm also going to put a link to my sitting with discomfort meditation. And I think that's all I have for you today. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope it was helpful for you. If you liked it, I'd love for you to share it with anyone who you think would value from it, who would get something out of it. Um, Feel free to share any of the resources that I link in the show notes. That is also wonderful. And if you have any, you know, questions or things that you want me to do a podcast on, or, you know, you just want to chat, whatever it is, um, you can also shoot me an email to melissa at yogifuel.com and I will respond. All right. I hope you guys are having a wonderful quarantined day (laughs) and um, I'll see you next week. Bye.